It's not mm. the first time I've taken a shit in a race, though. Episode number 156 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tommy boy, I don't know what's in your background today, but uh, you've blurred it out. So, I don't know what what you're doing behind. You know, if you if you're storing a dead body or what what behind your people are running around with no no clothes on. I, I don't know, but uh, how are you, Tommy? You're fine. I'm fine. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Hello, listeners. I, I mean, it's blurred out. Listeners and yourself will probably appreciate it. it's blurred out because I've got. I've got a bit of a mess behind me, and I've been. And this is it's in work mode still, hiding. It makes it look like I'm at least it's slightly tidy place, so it's blurred. But um, yeah, all good. How are you getting on? I just I thought I put the hat on for special effect. I was a bit bored by your background, so I thought I'll I'll uh, lighten the mood a wee bit. But check the size of this bubble. Look at that. That is a big bubble. Kyle is sporting what looks to be I can't make it. Looks to be a Murray Coastal a space Ultra Series. Space way bigger button. Yeah, very nice. It's, it's a big purple. Hat. Purple bubble with a, a bubble that's as big as Kyle's head. Oh, isn't it just eh? It's the size of my it brain. Really is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm 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 taking it off. It's far too warm. Oh, keep it. Well, I was going to say, okay, fair enough. It's it's warm, isn't it? It's like, we've right. a, a, a bit of a heat wave here, so. What, what, what's uh, it? I understand it's the same with you guys. A measly twenty-four degrees for you then, is it? It's uh. So yesterday it was twenty-eight degrees actually. 28. Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was warm yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, and I mind you, from what I've seen, and I say what I've seen, my sources, Strava titles, it looks to be quite hot in uh, uh, up in up in old northeast of Scotland as well. So I think there's a bit uh, of a, I mean, a heat wave hitting us all. I say a bit hot, it was only like 20 degrees here, but it's it's been warmer than it has been, but oh, really muggy as well. but and tomorrow's oh. going to be an extra day, and that's going to be we're, we're recording as as always on a Monday night. Uh, so yeah, hopefully Tuesday will bring some some better weather. But talking about good things, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We, we do, we, we do. So uh, well, you, you yeah. Start. Well, I was going to say we're also we're a bit uh, we're for first time in a while we're working our way through a backlog. So we've got this week uh, we we caught up a couple weeks ago with. With uh, our man Rico, Chris Richardson, fresh off his uh, his win at the ACP, so we've got we've got Rico to talk to, which is which is great. Um, a bunch we're of this, uh, we're dragging this ACP thing out, aren't we? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, of course we'll get more thoughts from Kyle on the ACP. Don't worry about that. So that that's cool. And then Paralympics is going on, um, which was I have to admit I didn't follow as much as I would have wanted to because I was in, I was away on holiday last week and. Um, yeah, we usually it's I find it difficult without we've got a VPN on our TV, but when I'm away from home, it's difficult. So I didn't follow as much as I would have wanted to. But um, yeah, we'll catch up a bit about that, and then loads of results, mate. Oh, heaps, and you know, from from local to international as well. You know, including the para athletes. So we'll we'll chat briefly about those as well. But Tommy, we're on a time limit today, so you know we're going we to are. try and wrap the show up uh, in the net before. Eight o'clock. Funnily enough, to, well, not funnily enough. Unfortunately, is Tom. Tom has has a, a work meeting at nine p.m. France time. So I do. There'll be very little rambling, um, which I'm sure. Well, we still got fifty minutes. It's ten past eight or ten past eight here. So I've got a call. I've got to jump on a call with South America 
such as the first the 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 glamour of of working at headquarters that I'm gonna call yeah. Well, so anyway, cool. but we've got 50 minutes of rambling. Don't worry. It's well, maybe not. An, it's not an ultra. It's maybe a, a half marathon effort. Half marathon effort in 50 minutes, yeah. And gonna... well, if with that nice little segue, Kyle, do you know what I did yesterday? Well, I was going to ask you because um, I didn't actually know you were racing. So I mean, Tom Tom has been in Brittany uh, looking at Disney castles and inspiring, uh, you know, convincing Logan. Logan's a big uh, castle man, so. He loves his Disney castle, so he's uh, he's awful jealous that Tommy was on a wee, having a wee trip to Brittany. But uh, but you you kept that one under the radar. Tell us about well, this this race so, you did today. Do you know what? So Kyle's right. I was in. We were on holiday in Brittany. We had a week away. We were we actually were back on Friday. We had uh, we had the pleasure of uh, of of Ginny uh, and Fat Simpson were passing through Paris. So we had them for the weekend. So that was that was great. We were back for that. Um, we had a great week in Brittany, as Carl says. We were at the Mont Saint Michel, which is the an amazing sort of uh, it's an abbey on a on a, a sort of island off the just slightly off the coast of Brittany and or Normandy technically. And it's uh, yeah, it's the when the tide goes out, you can get out to it. There's a road all the time, but the tide goes out and it comes apparent. And when the tide's in, it's surrounded by water. But anyway, great week there. Good bit of running, good bit of training. Fine. I got home on Friday, right? And you said you didn't know I was racing. I didn't know I was racing. I got home on Friday and I, I was looking at my emails thinking, because I hadn't looked at my emails all week when I was away. I was like, wait a minute, it's the Paris, it's the semi-marathon de Paris this weekend and I've got an injury. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I sort of, I trained all week and I hadn't really thought much. I hadn't planned it at all. You know me, I'm not in great shape at the minute. And on Friday I was like, I said to Fiona, what, what, should I do it? And so we're both under nine. I was like, well, do you know what? I've spent, I've spent 50 euros on this puppy. I might as well at least go and get a race t-shirt out of it. <laughs> so Saturday afternoon, I jumped on. I looked into it. I'm like, bloody hell! They don't post out your number either. You've got to go to this expo in a oh, shithole part of the city. So to take my bike all the way across the city, get this number, got to the expo at like five or four o'clock on Saturday afternoon, having biked out there, got a flat tire, literally has arrived. Such as the the crappy area that it is, it's just glass over the car park. So of course, I didn't realise, and I got a puncture. So went in, oh, got my no. t-shirt. The way it works here to get into a mass race, because there must be about 10,000 people running. You have to have your, you showed your health certificate, which you get on the app here. And, oh. Yeah, it was, oh, it was a, mate, it's a massive race. And uh, it's the official, like, Adidas Harmony Mutual Semi-Marathon de Paris. Like, it was one in 101. Like, it's a, it's a proper race. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, so this is why I was like, I should probably do it. Anyway, so I went out to the, I mean, as I say, it's an expo, a proper expo. I was out there looking at, the Boston 10 and all that, you know, the Adidas have got a big stall there, Garmin, like a proper expo. This is how fag packet and operation it was for me. That I just went out <laughs> to get my number and I'm like, having to deal with an expo, which I didn't expect to deal with. Anyway, the, the protocol was that you had to, um, you had to show your health pass that you've got two vaccines and they gave you a wristband and that got you straight into the pen. So without the wristband, you couldn't get into the pen because you had to have both vaccines to do the race. So got the got my got my wristband, got my number, got my T-shirt. So for problem number one, I pick up my number. Now I've entered this for the start of the year in March. It's forgotten to be postponed. I'm 100% sure I must have put down my proper time. Anyway, I'm in the 135 wave, uh-huh. and I'd been I'd been thinking to myself on the way out there, how am I going to run this race? I yeah, I was like, I can't be arsed running. I'm not in shape. I'm really not fussed about going. I don't know. I thought I really I don't. I'm not that fast about racing it flat out 
I'm keen just to, to run it. So anyway, I actually ended up doing it as part of a long run. But I went, and I don't get me wrong, I went hard. We'll come to that. But as a result, um, I thought, I'll go out, get the number, whatnot. But anyway, I thought 135, that could be a bit of a pain. Anyway, I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Bike, r- rolled the bike about a couple of blocks, found a bike shop, went in, managed to convince the guy to sell me a, a uh, inner tube and change it because I didn't bring a pump or levers out. It was such an <laughs> impromptu thing. So finally got to this bike shop. The guy changes my tire. I pay him 10 euros for happy days. Rode home. Finally get home. I'm like, right. So, the, you know, I should probably eat, actually adjust rather than just have like steak and chips and a couple of glasses of wine. I should probably have a, a race type meal. So I thought, okay, <laughs> let's go for, we'll go for a carbonara. Happy days, fine. Um, and then the next, so I'm, I'm, I'm all over what, even like, do I even put on a race vest for this? Am I like, anyway, so long story short, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to do, my plan was to do 20 miles with 10K at like a marathon pace. So I thought, right, do you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to run 10K to the race. And then do the then do the race so a twenty one k at a kind of marathon effort, and then uh, and and I had I had in mind seventy five something. I remember last couple of years ago I did that at Carathis ten k warm up. Mar- in fact, it was the year that you were there. You won it that year, and I ran like seventy five and change. Right. But I get I job down. Classic when you get to the start line. I'm thinking I kind of need the toilet here. Oh, I got no. to the pen. I, I, it was like a massive pen. And I could see there was like an elite type pen with fast club runners at the front. And I, and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'm not going to, in French, I'm not going to be able to bargain my way in here. So I just go in the pen. I'm in, went into this third wave. And honestly, it's like, it was like a blast in the past going into a wave. You know that they check, letting you in through the gates. And you go in this oh, wave, yeah. thousands of people in the wave. And I'm like, <laughs> right, okay. So I, I, I bear in mind, the race started at half past eight. So I'd left home at like 20 to eight. I got down there. Um, anyway, so I'm stood in the third wave. I kind of need the toilet, but I can't be bothered dealing with the porta potties at this time. It's too busy. I'll, I'll be fine. I'm not running this flat out. Half past eight goes, countdown. They set off the elites. We're held for another five minutes. Then they set off the next wave. We're held for another five minutes. I'm like, FFS, this is ridiculous. Ah. Finally, we get going. And all these, and it was such an entertaining thing. I haven't done this in ages, but so far back. And all these people shooting off. And I'm thinking, I want to run 340s for the first half. And then see if I can wind it down a bit in the second half. So all these people are sailing past me in like PSG shirts and Man United shirts and all that. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm going to see you shortly, mate. There's no doubt about this. <laughs> and then, anyway, I, so I, went, I got off. I set off, ended up settling at about 340s. And do you know what? A really nice course. Flat out along the south side of the Seine. Out, you go west out to Bois de Vincennes, which is a big park on the west side of Paris. And I'm sitting at like 340s and it's not so bad. And uh, I'd gotten, um, it felt like, a, it did feel a sort of marathon effort, hard, but I thought I was in yeah. reserve. And then the second, we got, it was a bit of a climb in the first half, got into the park, got through 10K, like just under 37 minutes. Thought, okay, let's start to turn this down a wee bit. Took it down to 335s, that felt about right. So sat there for a bit. But anyway, got through like 14K and I suddenly was bursting for the toilet. A doozer of a twozer on the way, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> what do I, what do I do here? So anyway, I, I, we've got Chris Richardson coming on the show, and this was, he's a man who inspired me with this because he did this in Boston. I thought I'm going to go, I'm in the park, it's the best place. When I see a bit, a quiet bit, of the, the course, I'm going to shoot into the trees to go in, drop the shorts, drop trow, drop off the kids, then move on. <laughs> so I, uh, I pull, I, I lap my watch as I left the course, like going perpendicular. Went into the went in, did exactly that, came back on. The minute I got back on the course, lapped it. 31 seconds. On the lap. 31 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Jesus. 
Well, what was quite detailing, a couple of guys, there was a guy from our club I'd just gone past, who must have been in the way before me and was having a bit of a bad day. So I'd gone past him, jumped into the bushes, come out again, and I went past him again. He was just like, what? Where did you come from? Anyway, the course comes actually quite a lot downhill back to the Seine from there. So I, I was I started motoring, having lost half a kilo in weight. And uh, it was, I was picking up the pace, like 3.30s, I felt pretty good. Um and uh, anyway, eventually got back, got back through into Paris. Lovely finish into the Place de la Bastille. And I must have been overtaking people the whole race. It was really good. I was wow. go- doing it wrong. I was going, my legs were really struggling. So I, I learned that aerobically it's not as bad as I thought, but my legs are need a bit of conditioning. So I was really, the legs were tying up a bit. But um, anyway, closed with the fastest K of the day, which was so good. So I ran 116.50. That's all right. That's which is all right. Good. Bear in mind, the first kilometre, I was like dodging around people. Honestly, oh, the first kilometre, I thought, this is going to be a seven-minute mile here. Um, anyway, and, and or four-minute, four-twenty kilometre. Anyway, it wasn't. It, it picked up after a bit. But all in, I actually really enjoyed it. It was very cool to get a bid back on. It was very cool to race. I really enjoyed the the no pressure. Like, the fact that I was able to think, I'm just going to pull over and go to the toilet. I'm not that. I'm really. Yeah. If that had been like a race effort, you'd be stressing out, you know? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, it was that- good. That's a really important thing, though. You know, like, firstly, you've, you're not in shape, but you did a race, and you probably learned a, just the, the operations of a race again. You know, when to do your, your world up or your city poo, whatever you would call it. <laughs> <these days>. Yes. <laughs> like, you forget all these things and, like, where how where you've got to pick up your number, how much time you need to spend, what you're going to eat. I mean, you Free just race, yeah. red wine and steak. Like, you know, it's not exactly the... The, the the dinner of, of of champions the night before a race eh? but like all those things so it's uh it's it's probably going to stand in good stead in the next especially for Valencia I mean how are you going to get that many that many opportunities to to do a big city race again I don't think so yeah. I think you're right and that went through my head thinking this is like this is a quite a good dry run yeah. just to just to go for it and it and I and as I say I really enjoyed it I was afterwards I was doing I got the metro back after I took it jogged a few K to take it to 33 K for the day. And I thought this is, I, I really enjoyed it. It was great fun to be out there. I got a few shouts from some club mates on the course. I finished strong. Everyone wants to finish a race strong. And if you're overtaking people, it's a great feeling. And then um, two to 48 hours before the race, I didn't even know if I was doing a race. So it wasn't like I went yeah. with any, it wasn't like I'd been stressed for it for two weeks going, oh, I really want to run a PB. Right. Yeah. I would have loved to run a PB, but, and it's a quick course. There's no doubt about yeah. it, but it was, um, it was really, it was good. And I was sitting on the, on the Metro back thinking, yeah, that was really cool. And actually, if someone had said to me in training, you're going to run in that morning, going out and done 33K with, with the last 21K at Aye, sort of pace. marathon. I mean, to be honest, two, to 16, so I would say about 232 pace, which is probably 233 maybe pace. That is probably where I'm at right now. So it's actually a pretty good training okay. effort. Um, yeah. And it was, it was good. But do you know what? It's a pain though, these races now, these big city races. So no bag drop. So like, and I know that London's doing this as well. Oh, yeah. So I didn't care because I just, put, I literally ran, I ran from the house. I ran, actually, I ran 10K from the house to the start. I'm running through the city streets of Paris in a vest and a bib. And on this side, the people are looking at me like, what, what the hell are you doing, mate? You know, they don't know there's a race going on. And actually, that was another thing that struck me. You forget that in these cities, so the west side of Paris, most of it was shut for the race. But when you come back, sorry, east side, when you come back west where we are, there's no no indication this is there's a race on that weekend nobody knows and it's yeah, very nice. much you forget like it's like a london marathon you go yeah. in london you always think that it's 
yeah, Lon- a lot of people know London's happening, but 40,000 people gathering in London, that's just a game at Wembley. Aye. You know, uh, it's... Uh, so that, that was quite... It was it was an interesting reminder, but really, you're right, I think you're you're spot on about the, the, the sort of prep and even little things like actually getting down in good time and knowing that that old... If you've got any doubt about the toilet for a race, go to the toilet. You know, I thought, yeah. I'll be fine. I'm not running that... Like, I'm not going deep, deep, but honestly, that was... That was going to be curtains. If I thank God I was in the park, honestly. If that had been a pure city race, that would have been a real disaster. I would have been in real trouble. <laughs> oh, that'd be oh, that'd be amazing. One of us has to shit ourselves in a race. No, just, I would, I would, I would pull over the side of the road before shitting myself. <laughs> it's not the first time I've taken a shit in a race, though. I I did it once at the Kim Lossy. Same story, side of the road. Oh, yeah. That is a bit. That's My a bit more tough. roadside, though. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was like it was a stretch of road that's there's no houses and no one near it. And the, the race is quite... probably, probably had surveillance tracking you down <laughs> when you got to go, you got to go. But yeah, I, yeah. it was good though, actually. And it was funny, the 31 seconds is also a good reference, actually. So if anyone says that they stop for the toilet in a race, I, all I'm going to do is take 31 seconds off the time. That's pretty I, much that's I like, like a benchmark, yeah. I think that's a quick was it, you know, is then what's your. You know, how do you do to, Tell us what's the tactic? You know, do you have to like do you use your core? Do you have to like bend at a certain degree? Or you well, know, you know, when you approach a water station, you you eye up the say like again, that was a good practice. Hitting a water station, I'll come I, to the shambles that is hitting a water station <laughs> when you're in the masses. So I've totally forgotten about that. So you uh you you approach a water station, you look at like four or five people down, you choose the person you want to take water from, you find eye contact with them, you point at them. And as you approach, so they know you're coming for that bottle and you grab yeah. it and, they, and then you sail off. It's fine. So on the same, the same manner, I'm looking, I'm scanning I'm, for about 400 meters. I'm just scanning the side of the road, which has got cars parked. Firstly, I see a gap in the truck. I can see a gap in the parked cars that I can get through. Is there a bit of, are there trees behind it? Yes. Right. I can see that 200 meters. I'm going there. That's where I'm going. And the minute I get to like, I don't know, a sort of 45 degree angle, from it i can start the I hit lap and i pull off in there in there i didn't I, I wasn't worried about whether people would see me it was just am i deep enough into the trees that i'm i'm not like you couldn't see me from the you know the race drop I mean, go for it your watch. You i didn't your stop watch. the watch i lapped it i lapped it. <laughs> it yeah so it's a 30 if you look at my strava splits there's a 31 second lap what that's a no there's no movement so it's that's what it was <laughs> I just, I was just, because I was really intrigued to know, and actually it was useful, because I, I then, I knew that when I lapped it to leave, it was like a one eleven, lapped it to go in, lapped it coming out, and then when I got to the next kilometre marker, I hit lap, so I was back on race oh, back in track, yeah. yeah. And I, and that was like two two twenty. so I was like, okay, so without the 31 seconds, that was a 3.31k, happy days, I'm, I'm, I'm on, tra- I'm, I'm on track. But what was really funny is there was a group that I, that was, I was running with for the, early part of the race and uh obviously and i I, st- I pulled away from them after i sort of picked up the pace and i actually ended up running the eventually catching them with about 5k to go and two of them i went sailed past them but two of them must have i don't know if they recognized me because i've got team Lang on the back of the vest so they it's an obvious vest but i they they picked up the pace and came with me which is quite funny um Oh really? But yeah, it was it was anyway. It was really good, and, and the finish was it was really cool to finish. Plus, the La Bastille is is it was a great finish. It's got this massive. It's a round sort of roundabout with a massive statue with a big gold uh, 
a big sort of monument with a gold statue on the top. And it was really, it was cool to finish, you know, big yellow carpet into the finish, big Adidas fanfare, all that stuff. And nice. you forget how awesome that is. And we talked about, you know, a lot of the Northeast guys, the likes of, we saw the likes of uh, uh, Ginny, Brian Kinghorn, who else was down there, Richard Strack, and all these guys that we saw down at the big half. And then we saw, few, and Antrim is good, but Antrim's not big race. In fact, if you look at the Antrim world record picture, the tape that she breaks looks like a cross-country tape. It's like <laughs> red and white stripes. So Antrim saw that out. But this was this felt like the real deal, like a big big race finish. So uh, yeah, it was good. It, and it really got, I'm glad I did it. It really got my racing juices flowing again. Ah. Yes, as he drinks a nice celebra- celeb- celebratory beer there, eh? Indeed. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so oh. it was uh, back on track. First race for me, first like proper race for me since Lossy 2020. 2020, jeez. Oh, that's, yeah, that's... I know. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, so, you, so for you, Kyle, and any other listeners that are interested in races, the next Paris half is, uh, or Semi de Paris, is in... March 2022, and it's got the TB stamp of approval for fast racing. And actually, yeah. it was a mate of ours, Ben Ward, run beer. He um, he's done it before, and I remember he had a good he had a, a good run at the time there. So I knew it was it was a decent course, but it's it's like Glasgow's. It's like that the Great Scottish. It's got a bit of a climbing in the first half, and I think if you could hold the pace there, even if it's a bit of work, the second half is so generously downhill that you could, if your legs start to tire, you can still carry it. But you know yeah. what's really funny, actually. There's a tunnel, which I've run through a couple of times. It, it kind of takes you under one of the big bridges into, uh, sorry, the big bridges that, under the Seine. And uh, this tunnel goes under this bridge and there's loads of homeless people in there. And you've got, you've got this really weird film. You're running through this tunnel and there were all the, the, these homeless guys were just like stood up next to their tents, like cheering us all in, like wow. really bizarre. Like I felt it's... like, I felt a mixture of like cheered on and sad. Yeah. You know, to see that. Wow. Bizarre. It just shows you, I mean, yeah, like you just don't know their stories and why they're there. And, you know, the, the, I'm sure a lot of them have got really nice hearts. And Oh, I'm probably just falling on, yeah. falling on tough times. It's sad. Yeah, yeah, it but yeah, blame me, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, geez, oh. it's just bizarre. Um, and then to answer the, the last question, which everyone I'm sure will be asking. So I was wearing the Endorphin Pro. Oh, the Endorphin Pros. What, what makes yeah. you just like a, a shoe that's been worn in and, you know, don't want to put too much mileage on. Uh, well, uh, partly it's a shoe that I've only worn twice and I'm still not... I've, I kind of thought last time... I wore that time trial half we did here in Langland earlier in the year. Where I was a bit quicker, I ran 112 there. And I, I remember thinking, this is a quick shoe for half or 10K, but I'm not sure it's got the sort of soft cushion that an X percent gives you for marathon um but anyway and i wanted to get use out of it so i'll give it a whirl um yeah i enjoyed it pretty good pretty quick um i felt particularly as, as the course pointed downhill i felt i was really motoring in them um i really want to get a hold of a pair of adios pro at the moment though i'm feeling really quite incli- i don't know why i'm just quite inclined towards that shoe i wanted to bit 20 carbon shoes just find a race i, I, yeah. I really don't mate i really don't <laughs> to be fair i think i've got as much as you do now right? <laughs> i i think uh yeah i can't wear another i've, I've dnf the last two weeks i've worn an x percent i can't do it again my knee but just uh, nine, i know that you? size nine yeah 9.5 uh, size 10 are you saying no you're not, you're not size i'm a 10, 10. I'm, a, I'm a 10 yeah i'm a 44 and two thirds now actually now that i work in eu sizes <laughs> no it's just your left your left foot <laughs> <laughs> so um, um well, so yeah looking, good result but 
yeah, it was cool. I'm living through the lens of of you guys now. You know, doing some races. It's uh, that, well, that's oh, funny, you were racing but, two weeks ago. Uh, that's true. Yeah, well, I, I was on the receiving end of being a spectator and being the the number one cheerleader for Debbie. She was doing her first race of the for God knows how long years now in terms of triathlon. Anyway, so it was the national triathlon championships. The standard. Oh, no fun. I don't know if I've told you this because you're not on Facebook at the moment, are you? I saw I saw her ride on Strava actually. I was very very impressed with her cycle. Well, I didn't see any other well, elements of it. Well, I'll tell you the story now. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quite you know this is a podcast a platform. It's uh, she won the race, Scottish champion, only to get a fantastic result, fantastic race she had. Uh, she was decent in the swim, had a great bike. I think her bike was definitely by far the best in terms of discipline her run was okay based on you know i mean she's only 12 weeks after lennox was born and um and so she had a solid she had a solid enough run uh and she was a, a good few minutes behind ahead of the the second leading female but she got disqualified tom she got disqualified for uh for for what? Th- well for th- basically what happened was after the so the the results stood for probably about 45 minutes, the official came over and said, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to disqualify you for littering in the transition area. Now, Debbie was like, well, I don't remember littering. And she basically what happened was she threw a bottle towards her bike. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, apparently the official said that they they warned her and she never heard anything. And I, I was watching the I was watching the hurt in a transition. And I didn't see any of the officials saying anything about, you know, saying to them, no, come back, come back. You've don't drop your bottle here. You've got to pick it up sort of thing. Um, I didn't hear any of that. And there's people who are watching it. They never seen the officials um, calling her back, which, uh, which. So is that what, what is lit? So even if you drop your own bottle, that's littering. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm getting sort of conflicting, not conflicting, but, um, you know, there's, I don't know what the rules are really. I haven't, I haven't researched them, but um, reading the sort of British triathlon rules, it's a disqualification for littering or dropping your bottle out with a 0.5 meter of your bike position. I think what should have happened was, so uh, you should you should have got potentially an educational warning and then a stop and go and a disqualification if not corrected um but the thing is i i then i was i I wasn't kicking off i mean i'm quite canny when it comes to uh you know speaking to people and obviously not losing my rag um but i was like well can we not put in an appeal and then the guy came back 10 minutes 15 minutes later had a look and said no you can't appeal against littering in the rules um i mean the the thing first i mean the, the thing that bothers me is the fact that she was in the results and, and it took them so long to to come and speak to her and tell her she was disqualified. Um, and the way they spoke to her, it was like she was she 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 committed a crime. Uh, like oh, I was like oh, there was two people who saw you doing it, and it was just like it's just a fucking sport, you know. It's just sport. Mm. We've got all our energy focused on other things, not sport. Um, but I mean, she was obviously gutted. She dealt with it like an absolute champion. And she still is, in my eyes, a champion because she didn't intentionally go out to litter. She she knew she threw it towards her 
her transition she shouldn't i mean obviously she she the, the official if she heard she would have gone back she had such a big gap she could have just gone back and she even said herself you know you're never going to let her in the course and in, in fact you, when we're traveling back all the gels in the road it was you know it's you can't you can't police that um but she said you know it's like she's running around the, the the course with a gel in her hand she doesn't want to throw it on the ground you know that's what you do because you're not going to let her in the course but being mm-hmm. in the transition area you, you would she wanted to obviously you know throw it towards her her area and they, that wasn't that wasn't the case so but now nah, i mean there's people there i never heard anyone shout i mean it is one word against another but um it was just a you know, it was just a bit embarrassing. I don't think it's good for the sport. You know, I mean, as we said, this is your first race back. There'd be a lot of people whose races were first back. And I, I just think, come on, guys, this, you've got to have a little bit of discretion here. She hasn't, she, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm biased because I'm I'm her husband, but there was no, there, it wasn't like she was drafting. She wasn't getting any any benefit from, mm. from what she did. Uh, but to get a straight up disqualification, just it's just a bit of a joke, to be honest. Um, I just think, I mean, you know, a governing body like it is. I mean, she's had she's had a lot of problems with triathlon Scotland. I mean, remember the girls for Gold Coast? Um, she she never got she never got repicked, but yet she was a national champion. She was beating many of the the athletes in that, and um, there was a trial race for the Commonwealth Games. She no one told her about it for the relay thing and it was just it's just just in my opinion i just you know there's there's much better organized governing bodies out there in particular the one that we we serve and uh it's yeah i was quite i was quite i was quite upset and angry about it because i just think it was handled completely the wrong way and i think the decision was just completely just not for not for the right reasons um but it is what it is, you know. She's got. You know, I think. Uh, what I was going to say, I think, I think, I didn't even know she was racing next. So I think, a that tells you that wasn't wasn't the main race. And I guess, as you said yourself, you've got your energy into other things. It's it really at the end of the day, the result is just a the actual that official result is ultimately just a bit of paper. Um, and actually, yeah. you do you do really care what other people think or consider? You know, she knows what she did. She that's her you know as an aerobic achievement uh, or athletic achievement sorry but it's interesting on triathlon scott and i find that bizarre and and i one thing i would i would say to them is i find their national championships the most underwhelming thing ever like it seems that you get a bigger field a bigger event at aberfeldy you know that they and then you look on the weekend you've got like you know like the beth potter in action at the super league what are they doing to make their national championships a bit more considered you know if you look at the national cross uh, run at athletics that's a you know everyone turns out for that but why is the national championships in triathlon such a low-key affair i don't know I, I think it's potentially maybe just the the numbers of the resource they have you know and maybe mm-hmm. they just don't have as it's not as big a a sport as some of the other ones are but the fact okay. that triathlon's a, a massive deal and you know you've obviously got the professional side as well and you know the professional triathletes like Beth and some of the other top top names. You know they they do get to travel around and compete, and you know they've funded programs is also a big thing as well. You know with the university, Darwin, okay. Loughborough, Leeds, and Cardiff, all those kind of you know that's 
and, and, and I, I suppose you know that top end level is going to be isn't going to be as as recognised in the national championships. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do you know what? Like, I sound like I'm being a a, a, a Debbie Diner, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're being the upside like, actually. Like Deb, uh, you know, she hasn't told me to say this. By the way, I wouldn't be forced this in my mouth, but. I was super proud of her performance. You know, I know it's a running podcast, but I've absolutely, you know, like the fact that she she ran it by a big gap uh, and she was just, the cycle was amazing. Her swim needs to improve. And, and, you know, she took a lot of lessons from that. But I think um, we know the result and everyone in the race knows the result. The fact that she got DQ'd for throwing a bottle towards the area, not intentionally, never heard an official say anything at all. To come back, I was there. Other folk were there. They never seen it. They never heard anything. Um, just means you know she's got so much potential, and and it's and then it's, yeah, it's the Scottish Championships, you know. And as you said, it it it, it was quite underwhelming, um, and it was just I think it was. What just, is their main race, by the way? You you mentioned before there's another race coming up. Yeah, Student Outlaw X, which is in mm. in England, um, Nottingham, is it? Yeah, not Nottingham, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Aye. Uh, so I that'd be the last time she did it, yeah. That's on the 26th of September. Yeah, 26th. Oh, wow, not long. Three weeks. September. So three weeks. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. You know, it's it's not going to it's not going to cause a big disruption. Move on and, 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 you know, learn learn a lot from the race, just like you did, you know, in your race and, and take it into the next one and, Park it behind you, knowing that you've you, you ended. You, she Debbie was the first to cross the line in this national championship. So there you go. That's all I'll say to that, Tommy. But I, I wanted to I wanted to vent my frustrations and um, mm-hmm. also just give um you know g- give this platform a, a you know give this podcast a platform because uh, I've I've been uh, you know I need to let off some steam now and again. Too. <laughs> Quite right. Well. I think maybe that, so that's really, that's, uh, I guess, our sport weekend. And maybe it's a good time to jump to uh, the man, my inspiration for mid-race toilet stops. Well, one, I suppose. And also one, British one champion, champion of ACP. Champion, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a much better transition from a, from the, from one champion to another. I, I think that is much better transition. So, yeah, yeah so. Yeah. He, we know him, you know him as Rico, we know him as Chris Richardson, um, but yeah, here we go, Rico. Welcome back, TRS. Rico, our, our British Ultra 100k champion. Chris, how are you feeling? Pretty good, yeah. It's, uh, I suppose... Just under a week since uh, since the race, so I've uh, gone through the period of complete elation, and I'm now at the period of satisfied, but starting to uh, pick apart the race and uh, think about what I could do differently uh, if I were if I'm doing it again and what I might do next. So uh, yeah, that that discussion sounds like it's got TRS written all over it. So congratulations, we were so. So chuffed for your result. It was absolutely, it was, it was incredible. Um, what I'm quite, before we get into the race itself, I'm quite interested to hear what were your expectations going into the race? Yeah, so I, I was maybe a little bit 
Coy, about this, I I kind of felt that um, because I because I haven't done anything at that distance before, and because some of the kind of data on the on the distance is so erratic. If you look at people's marathon times and their 100k times, there's, there's no easy kind of double then add this or or multiplier. So I went in thinking I wanted to race for position as the as a priority. And I looked at who was in the race and there were a lot of names I didn't know, particularly the open race only came in late. But uh, I think uh, it was probably able to keep up with Jason. And I think, yeah, the answer was that I needed to um, try and be in as good shape as I, I could, uh, try and be as, as close to Jason as I could, and then uh, pick up uh, pick up whatever uh, medals were available. So I think my expectation, so I thought that Jason would win, and I thought that uh, uh, Kyle and Rob would put in strong showings, and it would be about, I, I thought that probably one of us um, one of us would uh, would blow up, and it was about not blowing up and uh, um, trying to trying to compete for uh, for a medal in the race. That's it's amazing. I love the I love that um, the the fact you've gone in with a bit of with with solid ambition and well backed up. I mean, your your marathon. You came and talked to us about that before the two twenty four in Cheshire was was unreal. Uh, your performance on the on the trail at Space Side showed that you've got the the legs for the ultra. How were you? How daunted were you about going to a hundred k and the lap format? I guess you had some lap experience at Cheshire, but how did you? How was your head set for for those two things? So the lap format actually was something that made things feel a bit easier going into it because I knew that that was something that I could control and it would be far away for a bit further from the unknown. I knew that. So I had I had Kirsty over crewing for me, and I knew that I would see her every. Uh, I think it was it was advertised as being 1.84 kilometers. I don't know actually what distance it was because I think they maybe changed uh, changed the measurements uh, late on based on a number of laps that it were. So it but it was about it was a little bit more than a mile. So every every seven minutes, I knew that I would be able to take on food, water, stick a hat on, mm. the water over my head, and that's kind of my worry from a marathoner's point of view, doing ultra marathons is thinking, I don't want to carry all this kit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be 10 miles from food and bonking. So the laps were something which I, which I felt was kind of a crutch that I could rely on. Nice. In terms of the distance, I was, I'd, I'd gone. So the furthest that I went in training was, was 65 kilometers. And, uh, I kind of felt from that, that, uh, that, I could complete a hundred. It was how fast I didn't really know, but uh, the worry for me was nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried a few things beforehand, but the only really way of trying how you feel 80, 90 kilometers into a race, um, how you feel trying to eat things then is to have done it. And since I hadn't done it, that was a mm-hmm. big, for me. so I, I tried to get as much advice as I could um, in the build up to that from other people who are more knowledgeable, but uh, it was always going to be a bit of uh, of an unknown there. So that was my biggest, my biggest worry. Mm, that's interesting. Cause I, anyone, any listeners who follow you on Strava have seen some pretty, 
excuse me, well-organized uh, lapping and fueling practice around uh, around a particular block in Aberdeen, which I thought was quite comical. Uh, yeah, that was uh, so. That was when I thought that the loop was going to be three and a half uh, kilometers. So I set up a loop, and I thought uh, where I live, it might be a little bit difficult to stick up a table and reliably pick things up off it. So I said to my parents, "I'm going to stick up a table in your driveway. I'm going <laughs> to run around your uh, your house, and I'm going to chuck bottles over the wall into your garden um, afterwards." go about your day whatever and then uh um they i can i expected them to just leave me to it but they got uh duty into it and i think they decided that this was their uh race spectating experience <laughs> annoyingly turned up with an air horn and started uh bravo bravo that's incredible so, parenting and then they yeah and then they spent spent the next four hours sat in their driveway it looked like they were crewing me as in you would think that they were handing things to me but they actually got in the way more than anything else but uh i think they were telling any dog walkers who uh, uh who would stop and listen uh what i was doing and why they were sat there so yeah it was quite cute in the end but uh, nice yeah that's good uh, a good proud parents i love it so let's get to the race then how how tell us i mean the the, the spoiler any listener who who hasn't been under rock will know that you that you won and that it was a it was a glorious event but it, it's having followed it it wasn't quite uh it was it was a hell of a story so tell us about how the how the race unfolded from your perspective so early on there were um there were kind of a, a big group of of us going in a similar sort of pace but we yo-yoed a lot so there was there were two out in front there was uh, an irish guy i think his name was paddy something and uh, then a Scottish guy, Grant Jeans, they mm-hmm. went off very fast. Uh, so actually, it, about 40 to 50k in, the lead bike actually pulled up alongside me. So that's how close I was to getting lapped. Oh, um, wow. So Grant, who I think was leading at the time, never pulled alongside me, but the lead bike did. So okay. he must have, I don't know, 30 meters behind uh, at that point. But I think maybe that was when he started to, to move backwards. But there were a big group, so basically all four of us in the in the Scotland team plus uh, plus a few English guys were uh, uh, were kind of in a group. But it wasn't a compact group like a peloton. It was sometimes I was twenty seconds off that group. Sometimes I was twenty seconds ahead. Like people were kind of slowing down according to either what the watch was telling them or or stopping for a pee or whatever. So. Uh, we were kind of in and out of the group and that probably lasted until until about around halfway. Then um, I kind of considered that uh, uh, I was going to ignore the two that were out in front, so far in front, and think that if they continued at that pace, then fair play to them. That's a fantastic time they were going to run. I think they're probably on pace for under 6.30 and if they're going to run under 6.30, I can't do anything about that, but I kind of expected that most people don't. So uh, mm-hmm. I expected them to, to come back. So the kind of de facto lead, as I as I saw it, ended up going to a group that did run together for a good 20 kilometers solidly ahead of me, um, which was uh, Jason, uh, Rob, and an English guy called, I think his name is Andrea Frequelli. 
Mm-hmm. So they stay together for quite a long way. But I, I could see them in front of me and I was thinking, I was mostly concentrating at that time at trying to not expend any more energy than I needed and not run any further distance. So I I, I felt I could see them surging and, and falling back and surging and falling back. And I could see that as a group, they were three abreast. So someone was always running a slightly wider line around every corner. So I was telling myself that they're having a harder time than, than, than I am. Um, and I'm going to just sit, sit back, run my own race, try and be economical until the latter stages. But uh, once we got past 50K, so the plan that I'd written nutrition-wise was I was going to go SAS normal gels until 50K and then beyond that caffeine gel. The moment I had a caffeine gel in me, I turned into uh, the Incredible Hulk. Like, uh, or does does he take something like Popeye and go Raj? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he t- I think he gets angry and then he goes then he goes Raj. But the yeah, Popeye well, Popeye is maybe a better analogy. Yeah. Okay. So I had my can of spinach and then <laughs> I felt absolutely on top of the world and I was thinking to myself, right, right, right. I've got I'm, I'm feeling good, but I'm just going to sit here until 80k and then I'm going to go chase it. I'm going to sit here till 80k and I'm going to chase it. And then suddenly it's, I don't know, 56k and I'm suddenly running way, way ahead of goal pace. And that continued. And I think I peaked around 70. Um, and so the, the I'd, I had a goal pace, but I also had in the notes that I'd given to for, for Kirsty for crewing, I had a, a kind of speed limit. And that was about... Um, if we're talking in miles, I think it was maybe about 625. So it was 357 kilometers. I said, mm-hmm. if I'm going faster than that, then uh, tell me off. But I think I must have been doing um, about, uh, well, I was doing, I think, 345s or whatever, around 70. Um, oh, wow. So, uh, a fair bit quicker. And I thought, I thought I was absolutely smashing it. I thought 100K is so easy. This is, this is brilliant. I could... I could actually see by this point the group had had splintered, and I could see that uh, Jason was coming back to me. So I was practicing uh, my uh, my kind of blowing kisses to the crowds in my final laps. As, uh, <laughs> it was going to be real brilliant. I was going to skip across the line, and then um, it was amazing how quickly that uh, that changed. And at about seventy eight, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this race. Uh, oh, wow. that, that was my first, uh, my first kind of bad spot came from a bit of uh, a bit of cramp, and I was worried that I was gonna just get cramped that I couldn't move anymore. And I had a bit of salt, and it did pass. But then it was only a few kilometers later that I was properly slowing down, and any prospect of a really quick time was was gone. And uh, and kind of Jason was ahead of me, but he was. Uh, yeah, he was no longer getting closer. He was getting further, uh, further away for for a while. Um, and I don't know. Have you ever seen the Peep Show episode where uh, um, Mark goes running with Big Sue's? Yeah. So yeah. So he uh, he goes off uh, running with Big Sue's, and he hasn't run much before. And he says, "Oh, I'm actually quite good at this. I feel I feel good." Oh. I'm, I'm flying. Perhaps, perhaps this is it. I was. I always knew I'd be good at something. I'm. I'm a runner. I'm <laughs> cramming And he goes, "Oh, what's that? I've got a stitch. I'm dying. 
<laughs> well, and this is what Bubo was 30 seconds earlier and just change the time scales. But that's exactly how I was. Like, so I thought that I was flying. I thought that I was, uh, yeah, I felt absolutely great at 70K. By 80, 85K, I was just thinking, why the hell did I think that I was the king of the world uh, an hour ago? <laughs> and then, yeah, there was another hour or so to, to trudge to finish. But uh, yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, you'll know uh, Jason similarly had other, yeah, his own his own cramp issues and his own uh, kind of slow trudge to the finish. And we had a, a horrible period where every lap, uh, Jason and I were changing leads for about five or six laps. And if you'd have asked me then, I, if you'd have offered me the idea of Jason running three minute thirty kilometers to the finish, I would have uh, I would have bit your hand off. I'd have much rather that he would have just buggered off on, into the distance, uh, huh. so that I didn't have to uh, so that I didn't have to keep uh, keep pushing. But uh, whenever he did get ahead, he didn't stay ahead. And I think even just if I were just taking along at my own pace. When he when he did get ahead, when he had a better patch, he would still come back to me. So um, yeah, he didn't give me any uh, any excuses to to slow down. So uh, yeah, I just kept trudging on. But the the last few laps, I was getting I was getting unlapped by all of the the lapped athletes. Like uh, I was not moving as the front of the race. I was not moving faster than the rest of the race. I think. Uh, um, yeah, Dave Andrews, I think, uh, um, caught me up uh, late into my last lap, and uh, uh, Joe Murphy uh, uh, overtook me in in one of the latter laps. So there were there were a few people passing me, but yeah, they were giving me the encouragement, and they were telling me that uh, that I think yeah, they were passing on the news that uh, there wasn't anybody all that close behind me, which did give me uh, a bit of a desire to try and walk it in if I could but uh, I actually tried to walk for a few steps because I was so dizzy but uh, those those few steps were worse than, than running so uh, I just got to go back to the running I I, uh, I, I, I can't I can't get my head around that, that sort of roller coaster and I guess it's it must be bonkers I mean that, that sort of change that people now use and how quickly it changed it must be uh, to go to go through all those emotions is completely different to the way you you typically run in a marathon. You're generally someone who runs, you know, a, a negative split, and you you finish strong, and you know, and okay, it gets really hard at the end, but you've got that uh, that that I like that you're saying, Jason, keeping you honest, and then you've obviously got once you've got a medal, once you've got a, a trophy in front of you, the, that risk of, throw, of, of it being taken away from you in that last lap. Was your neck sore from looking around at Jason or were you just hoping that he wouldn't come past you? I didn't want to look because I didn't want to see him and I knew that if he did see me looking, if he was behind, then uh, that would show that I was I was as done as I was. So I was trying to discern where he was from from everyone else around me. And actually, when I was when I was behind him, I, I had the same thought process. In I was trying to kind of shush the uh, the, the support crew to uh, 
to not make it quite so obvious when I was uh, just behind him. But there was a guy on a tannoy that was announcing all these things. So it didn't work very well. And yeah, having spoken to Jason afterwards, he said he knew exactly where I was. So, um, mm, yeah, but, but... Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to look partly because I didn't want to give him that boost, but also um, I, uh, I didn't want to know. Yeah, I'll bet. And what that was um, when you must have, when you realised that you were going to win it. That I mean, how how did that feel? That that must was it the mixture of uh, was it was it elation or was it just delight to be finished? I don't really know. There certainly was some level of elation, but I think when you're like in all the other running, like in marathons, and I think some of the greatest suffering you have is cross country, but. I've never suffered like I did in the last 10K of that. And as much as I wanted to win in the last lap, I just wanted, I just wanted it to be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I felt any elation. I more felt, I don't know, an existential dread of the fact that I still had steps in front of me. It was uh, after I finished, I was very happy to have won. But uh even even at the point that the lead bike was telling me that all I needed to do was was trudge into the finish, uh, yeah, I don't think I felt any any great joy at that point. I, I just, I yeah, I was I was very much in hell at that point. So uh, yeah, there was there was no elation then, and it, it, it took a bit of time to, to come through. How how did the race go compared to plan? And I mean, so you talked a little bit about pacing, so but not only in pacing. I'm sure you didn't you didn't plan to feel like that, or maybe you expected to. Feeling how how was how was your the actual event against the planned event in your in your sort of on paper? So in terms of nutrition, it was so I, I had a nutrition I had a and a pace plan which I'd uh, which I'd given to I'd given to kind of the team management and also to to Kirsty. And in terms of the nutrition, it was more or less what I said I would do the the one big. Uh, I think mistake there, aside from, uh, I mentioned the caffeine, I think if I were doing it again, I would take that later, but I, that's, that's, that's what I did on the day. Uh, in terms of salt was something which I, I assumed that I'd get a bit from, from LucasAid, which I was taking. And uh, I had, kind of, I'm a bit embarrassed to say now, the only salt I had was a wee sachet of salt that I'd stolen from an Italian restaurant the night before. <laughs> and uh, I ended up having a load of Rob Turner's salt tablets um, because, yeah, once I was cramping, I was just shouting out every time I passed that I needed more salt. And so I had a load of that and it, and it did help. But it, so, if I were, so that was the thing that was very much off plan. Uh, I think late on, I had, I had some, uh, some Coke which I didn't ask for, but everybody had, everybody at the side decided that that's what I needed, and it it tasted exceptionally nice. I've never <laughs> enjoyed a, a, a drink so much. Um, but in terms of the pacing, that's another one where I, yeah, I I feel a bit of a regret of not really sticking to plan there, and that was I just mm. it's it's it it seems daft to say a hundred k is a long way. But it's not so much it's a long way, but it's a long time between your early stage where you feel really good and the last quarter where you're able to 
give it what you've got. If you were to compare it to a marathon, it's like there's, or if you compare it to the London Marathon, you cross Tower Bridge and you know that you still need to be sensible, but as you get into the Dockons, you can start to experiment with your pace. And once you get back onto the dual carriageway uh, going west, you're able to give up some willy. Yeah. So the moment you cross Tower Bridge, you're not giving up willy, but you think, soon I'm going to, and you start to ask the question, will I be able to? Mm -hmm. But in 100K, the equivalent of Tower Bridge is, I suppose, 20 miles from heading west on the on the uh on that big road whatever it's called getting onto the embankment so yeah. you've actually got two hours of thinking right i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna go for it soon but not now and i think that was the bit that in my head that that stage i, I just started to to run for home but i was mm. i still had a couple of hours of running to go so uh, i was I was probably on pace more or less what I should be doing until a little over halfway. And then I went way off plan. And then I went way off plan in the other direction, finishing at uh, crawling pace. But uh, yeah, that's I think that's a lesson learned for next time. That's fascinating. Well, you've kind of jumped, you've kind of covered a couple of points. I was interested to understand A, if anything surprised you about 100K and B, what your sort of uh, your main take home were? Is there anything else beyond that, beyond the the salt tabs you've already mentioned, which is an interesting one, and then the sort of the time at which to to uh, to slowly ease the foot onto the gas? Yeah, I think the I've maybe touched on the three take homes of, of of what I do differently. So the the salt tabs a bit earlier in the race. I've been uh, I've been doing a little bit of research into into salt in the past week and. I think that maybe not uh, completely scheduling when you'd have the salts because uh, I think that it can be dehydrating if you get it wrong. Um, I think it might also be have be something that could help with the dizziness that I felt in the last uh, 10 kilometers. Um, so yeah, so salt for the cramp and for the dizziness, I would I would add earlier, but I think that would be in a warm a warm race like that where I'm losing a lot of sweat, um, and then. Caffeine, I think that I would only start taking at 70K rather than start taking at 50K. Mm. And uh, thirdly, it's, it's not so much having a pace plan and, and knowing what paces to, to do. It's, it, it's maybe a case of patience and being aware of how long it takes to get to 70K if that's where you're, you're allowed to push if you feel good or 80k if that's what you've decided but because I, I knew that it was going to be 80 that I was free to uh to to push if I felt good but I always felt from about 60k onwards that I was nearly at 80k so I might as well start pushing but by the time I got to 80k I was on my way to uh on my way to being done the um, what would you? You're someone who's obviously run a lot of uh, a lot of marathons, and you. I mean, you're a very competitive marathoner. But even but to go from that in a couple of years to go from marathon up to hundred k, what would what would be your main advice to someone else who's a uh, either a, a club runner or, or or a competitive marathoner? What would be you, you be your advice to them in terms of how they could uh, turn their attention to hundred k? So 
I, yeah, so this was a question which I was asking myself um, a few months ago. And if you Google how to run 100K, you'll get a lot of advice about generically how to finish uh, a longer race. And it will be, uh, it will be very much set up just to, to kind of trudge distances as, as best as you can rather than to, to run it competitively. So I, I went and I suppose the methodology I looked at was uh, I, I bought the books of anybody who'd written a book having run a 500k mm. and I searched for any podcasts or blogs by anybody. So the your real people there, it's people that do the Comrades Marathon, people like uh, Gerda Stein, I think her name is, yeah. the South African marathoner. Yeah. Uh, Camille Heron has appeared in a lot of things. And then, yeah, obviously from a Northeast perspective, uh, Don Ritchie. So I went and had a look at their training and it, Don Ritchie is a bit of an anomaly. He trained huge mileage, but a lot of people who've done marathons and 100K, they seem to say that their training is pretty similar for a marathon and 100K mm. with a bit of specificity of some workouts and sessions. So the way that I kind of translated that was that good marathon training, which I kind of feel I can do, um, can be the same in the week as my 100k training so i i more or less replicated my marathon plan on weekdays so it was kind of reasonably high mileage a session which was normally fairly long reps and then uh it was the weekend where i changed things so i just brought in some longer runs i still had some kind of long kind of session sort of long runs like um uh, kilometer kilometer float sessions uh and then i did a couple of back-to-backs as well so kind of that maybe uh 20 or 22 miles two days in a row and it a lot of it felt a lot like marathon training aside from the yeah the probably long runs they maybe felt a bit daunting to start with your 50 65 k runs but uh yeah it was it was definitely from a marathon's point of view that I did it rather than from a training like a 24-hour racer. And mm. you, you do see that in the 100K. That it's, there's definitely two angles to it. There are people in there who are experienced, battered ultra runners who are uh, kind of able to deal with the challenges better a bit, but maybe ha- ha- have a bit less of the speed. And then mm-hmm. there are your 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 kind of marathon background people who tend to be a little bit uh, able to go faster, but they probably are at more risk of uh, DNFing or falling over before the finish. Mm. That's really interesting. I think that's really useful for, for anyone who is looking to, to do that. So one, I mean, well, there's two things actually, before we talk about what's next, I'd also want to touch on for listeners who have not seen it, you need, they need to get themselves onto Twitter to look at, Tarot tweets his footage of you or shared footage of you crossing the line, but talk us through your talk us through your celebration. <laughs> who you who you appear to dedicate your win to? So, I I would like to say I thought this on the last lap, but it, it I rethought of it on the last lap. I think that uh, so I I've always been a big Liverpool fan, and after I finished uh, after I finished the Speyside Way, the pictures. They came out of that were a little bit embarrassing because you had to put on a mask to finish. Um, 
for for COVID reasons. So I was putting on a mask and then decided I would do some sort of celebration, but I'm effectively doing a bit of a <laughs> uh, kind of hands at the side of the face, twiddling fingers, like a child blowing a raspberry. Um, and a, a friend of mine who's a, who's a Liverpool fan sent it back saying, mate, what are you doing? You should be doing something like the Heskey at this point. So during that last lap, lack of glucose to the brain, I decided um, that's what I'll do over the over the, over, over the finish line. And with, with hindsight, I, I regret it actually a little bit because seeing all the other pictures of people that are actually interacting with their flag looks a lot better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of uh, Emil Heskey. And I kind of, I feel a bit of a, an affinity to him as uh, like, he was never a twinkle toes footballer. He was cons- he consistently got results. He was always ridiculed wherever he went throughout his career, but he was still getting international caps in his 30s. And he was always making the team he played in better. And uh, I feel that as a runner, I'm not a twinkle toes runner. I'm not very good at a twinkle toes runner can do a good job at four, 4K cross country. But uh, uh, <laughs> a pesky like workhorse maybe gets uh, gets better over the 100k. I'm not sure Hesky would run a very good 100k, but uh, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel an affinity for Emma Hesky. So uh, I, uh, I uh, in my glucose depleted state, decided to give him uh, a tribute over the finish line. I love it. I, I think I love it. So you're you're a, you're a Scotland international now. You are a British champion now. You're a 100k runner now. You're you know, you're an international ultra runner now. What is next for Rico? So immediately next is um, I have a I have a place in the London Marathon. So uh, it's that's not uh, it's not really a huge target uh, because it's so close to after. But uh, uh, depending on how I feel, I I may well give it a crack. I think if I were within ten minutes of a PB, I'd be I'd be really happy that day. But it's it's probably as much about uh, having a, a good day out with the club and some some beers as much as anything else so in terms of things i want to focus and do well i think uh east district cross country if we can get a good metro team together nice. then uh trying to get a medal there would be uh would be really good and then uh next year yeah as i think i alluded to uh earlier i'm already thinking about the 100k again i was really pleased to get the the win but i feel that it was it was a it was a good win but a poor time uh i think that uh yeah running something like 650 or maybe even on a on a on a really good day 645 might be nice. uh, might be possible so i i feel that i would like to go into uh yeah another 100k at some point next year and uh maybe even not worry about everybody else just time trial and try to uh, try to get a time if there were to be um, any qualifying times for uh, for anything like uh, if there were if, if there was a world championships or anything I think I would just aim for whatever qualifying times uh, that was and uh, and see what I could do uh, in that regards obviously I'd love to win again at the ACP if, if that if running a good time got me that but I think uh I'd like to now that I've got the win under my belt. I'd like to have a quick time. Are you? Are there? I'm not someone who's, as you know, who's that familiar with the ultra calendar. Are there big hundred k 
races are there the London marathons of 100k around uh, outside the world champs is that something that you can you could travel to in Europe the London marathon of 100k is 95 kilometers and it's uh it's in South Africa it's uh the, the comrades or came uh, the comrades of course yeah the, the closest equivalent and that, that's a race I'd love to do but I think uh I'd maybe like to get a time under my belt while I'm while I'm fresh off this past 100k but it have to, the the comrades of the bucket list race, but maybe in in two or three years time. Nice, nice. Well, it's been uh, it's been great to get you on. It's, I think everyone will be a lot of listeners will have heard your name uh, on here for a couple of years. So it's great to see well, that thanks you. For, thanks for accommodating me, uh, despite the fact that I wasn't able to make the <laughs> the, the Monday slot. Well, it's quite quite right. I mean, I always feel bad when we interview people like the weekend after a race that. The last thing they wanted to be doing is jumping on a podcast, but I don't feel that bad because Chris is currently sat in Croatia about to go sailing. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was, um, he was... <laughs> shading myself from the sun in the middle of the day at the moment. So uh, it's uh, heart... handy to be on a, on a podcast. My heart bleeds. It's, this is the polar opposite because usually it's me calling north to Kyle and, and him feeling terrible about me uh, me sitting with the sun blazing in from the window here. So it's, it's a bit of a change to get someone else, but... Well, I thought I hope the recovery goes well, and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to London's not not too, so long away. So we'll 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 catch up with you before then to see how how the preps come for that. Stuff, stuff. All right. Well, all the best. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, yeah, can't speak soon. Cheers. See you. Cheers, Bye. Chris. Bye. Brilliant. Well, yeah, again, I uh, I haven't managed to jump on this interview, uh, Chris. I mean, I, to be honest, I was on the call, but Tommy never let me into the room. The right. Zoom room, did he? <laughs> well, in my so my defence, I was I was I have my split my screen split when I've got I have it right now like this. I've got my my single screen split so I can see Zoom on one side and my Internet Explorer my sorry Chrome on the other side so I can actually read the 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 show notes and questions and it overlaps slightly on the edge and I suspect actually that you were anyway that they, I must have missed it on ah, there so sorry about that it's okay but Kyle was in his I'm defense Kyle was, out, Kyle was out setting up a course for the space side way so it was probably oh, for the best it. that he cracked on I was in a transit van it would have been it would have been a bit <laughs> a bit broken and disruptive no doubt so um but anyway well let's well, let's jump into it. Thanks again, Chris, for jumping on the show. And sorry it's taken us uh, so long. You know, you've we pushed you at the back of the pile, but I'm sure you understand it. Um, but anyway, results. We have lots of results. But before, in fact, we're not, I've jumped ahead of the gun yet again, Kyle. It kind of, what kind of is results? It's kind of is results, the first part. Well, you're right. So I haven't watched too much of the, the Paralympics, but what I've watched has been hugely inspirational. Um but probably the biggest, the biggest inspiring moment for me was watching Owen Miller's 1500-meter race, uh, who's a 5AC lad in the T20 event. And boy, oh boy, what, an, what a result that was for uh, Owen Miller uh, from 5AC. It was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was it, probably for me unexpected the way he went into that race in his execution in the last 100 meters of the race but Owen Miller gold medal t- in the t20 1500 meters what a what a performance what an absolute stellar performance so congratulations Owen amazing fantastic run 
Um, and we had so many other different events uh, in, in Paralympians in the Scottish standpoint, representing and, and getting medals too. None other, none other than Sammy Kinghorn, who both got two silvers in the T53 400 metres and in the 100 metre event as well. And uh, Libby Clegg, who um, was also racing, she was doing the Universal Relay. Now, I thought this was a really interesting concept. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't understand it hugely, but yeah, she got a silver in the, the event, which was brilliant. Um, so well done to, to Libby. And I think that's her um, finishing off and retiring from the sport. So yeah, what a great um, ambassador she's been uh, in, in our sport. So well done to Libby and also our guide runner, Chris Clark, as well. Um, and bronze also went to both in the 100 metres and the 200 metres to Maria Lyle in the T35 event as well. So well done to, to Maria as well for great uh, two bronzes in, in the Paralympics as well. And uh, a big shout out to a man who has been on the show, Del Ray, Derek Ray, for getting a top 10 performance in the marathon. I think he's been struggling with injury in the last, um, you know, in, in, the, in the last sort of few months. So, you know, for him to get to the start line and, uh, and, and to compete and to get a top 10, 247. So a lot, a, a lot slower than his, uh, his PB, but nonetheless, um, you get, you know, a top 10 is still remarkable. So well done to Derek and hopefully we can get, get these guys on and to talk about their experiences as well. And also a, a shout out to Ben Rollins as well, who was competing in the T34 and got to the 800 meter final as well. So yeah, well done to, to Ben for getting there too. So yeah, that's uh, a little bit of a, a roundup for the Paralympics for Scots. So well done. A bit. So well, well done, guys. It was uh, it's great to see them all. And you know, he spent one. I was particularly pleased to see Dell run well, despite the difficulties that he's had with injuries. It sounds like he's had a really rotten time at the summer. So amazing and roll on Paris. Um, a bit close to home though. It was we've had uh, some Scottish athletes in action, and it was the Brussels Diamond League on Friday. Um, the main interest from a Scottish perspective was Ailish running. Ailish McCulgan running 14-31, um, so really, you know, right close to her, her British record, um, which is 14-28, I think, so amazing run there. Great to see her um, backing up what she's done before, and actually, she followed that up by announcing she will run the Great North Run next month, so I'm wow. very intrigued to see how that goes, which is cool. Um, actually, the Great North Run, we should say, has got a different course this year. I believe it starts and finishes in Newcastle. Usually, it goes Newcastle to South Shields. Next, I think for the, COVID, the Great North runs this weekend. Is it this weekend? Ah, Blimey! All <laughs> oh, right, so goodness, uh, that's a... I mean, that's a that's a last minute announcement. I don't know if she's planned this in her season or she's just. I'm thinking she's got nothing to lose. She'll she'll rock up, yeah. run a solid run. I'm sure she'll nah. run quick. To be honest, if you're running a 14 28 5k, you're in yeah. good shape. For, and I'm sure exactly. she's doing the mileage as well. And. She'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to what I what I don't know what she'll be able to produce for that. I, re I reckon she'll I reckon she'll run 70, 70 or seventy one minutes. I was going to go for a sub seventy, to be honest, but maybe was, that would be impressive. If she did that would be very impressive. I think speaking a sub, of a, a sub seventy, um, which will you know as a, she's looking to do the math. That must be Scottish record territory. What's her, I guess her mum's got the Scottish record, does she? 
But you do you do think about that though, when you look at what the world record is from sixty three. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. We all we all know shoes are clearly making a difference. We all yeah. know that, and we all we all embrace it, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. there's, yeah. I'll let me have a look at marathon records. I'll have a look at that while we chat. Why you doing actually, that? I'll, I'll, you go I'll ahead. write the the rest of that diamond league. Gemma Ricky was also taken, you know, take running as well. Uh, she got third in the 800, 158.77. And then she ended up, I didn't know this, she ended up then going to a, a meet in Poland to win mm-hmm. the 1,000 metres in 235 on the Sunday. Oh, man. Amazing. Saturday to Sunday. Was it Brussels? No, that was on Friday night, wasn't it? Friday night or Saturday night. I can't remember. I watched it as well. Um, but... The latter one, Jake Whiteman was also racing, and he ended up getting a, an 800 meter season's best of 144. So, um, 144.97, but it's still a 144 performance. So, great run from absolutely. From uh, and then finally, a couple other international performances. We had Erin Wallace, who again is another interview of our show. Uh, go scroll back to our archives in the last few weeks, and you'll you'll get to listen to her. She ran a 407 at the Livingston AC Open Meet, which wow, that's some going that, isn't it? I think that's quite a big chunk off her PB. So she's in clearly in decent shape. You know, that that sub, you know, that that four minute flat is 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 luring quite 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 um quite significantly now, I would say. So awesome. Have you I can't it? find no. Do you know what's super frustrating is that the I, I don't know. It's just Scott Stats doesn't have the half marathon on it. It's got the ten thousand Liz McCaughan thirty fifty seven and the marathon two twenty six death twelve in Frankfurt a couple of years ago. Um, I will find it. Don't worry, I'll find it somewhere. Um, well, what? Well, in the, well, we'll come back to that. Um, but actually, there was. So, I mean, that's just at the sort of news level, elite level. But even locally, there was a bunch of results. And maybe we can start with the. The Bray Marathon, uh, which I think I pronounced right, which was a win for Metro's James Jim Toll in, uh, in, in 74.44. So Jim, Jim, indeed, I believe he's running London. So that's a nice tune-up for him. Second place was Richard McGaw, uh, 119.28. And third place, Ryan Cannon in 121.10. Now, on the female side, it was a win for Janet Dixon, uh, also first vet, in 128.07. Second place was Chloe Gray, Metro Aberdeen, 132.45. And third place was Ailsa Webster, who's a super vet, uh, and she was 138.45. So a strong day for the for the vets. I love it. And then on the, the 10K side, we had Michael Barker, veteran, 36.29, Callum Ewan, 40.52, and Ian Tom, Metro, of over 60 as well, third overall in the race. So he is in dynamite shape, 43.50 for Ian. And I don't think it's the fastest of courses as well. So that's something to oh, really? too. Um, and then female-wise, Claire Smith, Metro, was uh, first across the line, first Super Vet 2, 45.34. Jane Leckie. 48.34, and Ilsa Barker. Did you not just say her name? Did you not do the half? No. No, uh, no I think it was a different Ilsa. Ilsa got 49.28. Uh, so that's your, that is your Bray Marathon. Although it's not really a Bray Marathon. It's not a marathon if it's... Bray Marathon. Bray 10. Brayton. 
<laughs> Jesus. Right, that's a stretch. Moving right. closer, even we're getting, we're actually getting closer and closer. We've gone from Tokyo to Brussels to <laughs> Braemar to Huntley, and we're getting Huntley. closer to Kyle's house. The next result is going to be probably in Kyle's back garden. Oh, the Huntley tent, it, it, it was the Huntley room to run, room to run weekend by the looks of it. So there was a half marathon, 10k, 5k. Well, maybe I'll start with the half, and Kyle can go 10k. So in the half, it was a win for Brian Smart, Metro Aberdeen in. 125 29. Uh, Brian also being a vet. I, I feel like we're outing people's age on here by just yeah, <laughs> showing that. Anyway, we mean it as a celebration of how well you've done. Yeah. Se- second was Ewan Wilson, uh, 129 29, uh, inch, run, inch, inch trail running club. And in third place was Graham Aitken, inch trail runners, 132 26. Now, on the female side, it was a win for Gemma Horn, 143. Second place, Chantel Clark, one thirty one one forty three twenty nine, and third place was Natalia Zuyeva, one forty four thirty nine. We read all these results out, right? I hope these people, you know, if they get a, a shout out, they actually listen because this is the only reason we say these names to get more people to listen to the show, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I would hope that that, that would be the highlight of someone's running oh, uh, career would be to get a shout out on TRS. Oh, isn't it that? Eh? That's the only reason why I do this podcast is so that I can make sure my own results get shout out. <laughs> oh, well, the, well, yeah. Well, let's let's get this. Let's quickly round up here. We've got seven minutes to go. Ten um, k. Rory Brand, uh, Gary Roadrunners, forty-one forty-seven. This is uh, Graham Stephen Murray Roadrunners, forty-two thirty-nine. Russell White, forty-three fifteen. JSK and uh, your females were. Uh, Amy Muir, 47-49, Natalie Leask, uh, 50-16, and Susan Naismith of 50-13, and she's a Newbra Dunes Running Club member. Now, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the 5K runners quickly. We had uh, Alistair Steele took the honours, 16-26, followed by Mark Biegri, 16-42, Peterhead Athletics Club, and our own... Our man, uh, Eddie McCluskey, got the third place. This is uh, a great wee run. That's a good run. For, that's a great Eddie. run from Eddie. Yeah, so well done, Eddie. You know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be pushing him on, so I, he was delighted with that performance. So well done, Eddie. And uh, your female results were uh, Rian Burney, who's only... <laughs> The, 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 the category for that is a fantastic description. Yeah. It just says children. Children, 5 to 13, 1953. And she's only, she's not even, I think she's just... And tired. she's breaking 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. She's That's amazing. A huge uh, talent. And uh, yeah, I, I know uh, quite a lot about Rian and her future potential is huge. So well done to, to Rian. And yeah, just stick at it. Um, and second place was Alison Pilichos. In 2056 Metro and third Dingwall of uh, no wait, she hasn't got a club 2152. So there you go. That's um, that was me wrapping the results there. Um, we've got well, I think we've got one more winner. We've got the Braemar, sorry, the Run the Blades 50k again. I'm gonna we, let's do them justice. Brian Mulgrew won that. Bella Houston Roadrunners 3403. Second place, Richie Harkin, Ayrshire Trail Runners 35531. Third place, Kahe Lam, 359.11. And in the female race, it was Chiara Franzosi, who's a pylon runner in 426.04. 
Um, second place was Maria Mott, Glasgow Tri Club, 434-31. And third place, Darcy Duncan, 442-39. Which are, those are some pretty good times for 50k. It is, I think. Uh, for the win. It's a, a runnable 50k. Um, I, I think it's maybe got a couple of lumps and bumps on it, but uh, from what I know, it's, it's one that uh, your man, Nicky Johnston, Elvis Presley, dude, uh, he, he did that one time and he got a really quick time. So, uh, oh, wow. Definitely one for the one for the, the, the ultra dafties out there. Maybe an intro, one as a, a decent introduction to, to ultra running too. So, yeah, there you go. Um, now, other than that, I mean, we've got, there's a heap of results, folks. So we, we aren't going to bring out all the results. But uh, if you do ever want to see the results, go to Scottish Athletics uh, results list. Or and uh, run ABC is always a good uh, resource for um, looking at the latest results too. Um, but before we go, I mean that's four minutes to go, and I think we're we're almost we're, we're tying this baby up, aren't we? So yeah, uh, indeed. We, let's let's just finish off. We've got a mini. I'm not sure if it's it's a, it's a bit of a, a rant. I don't know. I think it's a rant, but it could be a, a question. You might know that. You might know. You might know where this came from, Dom. Uh, yeah, your man Dave Moore, who who, oh, who uh, Moore, right, that is such a coincidence because Dave Moore was in touch. I'm going to save this for next week. Dave Moore has, as we suggested, thought has been in touch with me, called me out for <laughs> suggesting that 48 hour racing is not running. I st- I still stand by it. Dave knows my position. I Dave's given me a great education over the weekend, so I'm going to we'll cover that this week next week. But let's talk about his rant here then. Well, let's talk Question. about it. I uh, I agree. You know, I, I, I think 40 hours is a run. It can be a running race, but I understand where you're coming from in terms of... It can. The fact that you feel that the need to qualify that to say it can be a running event says it all to me. It, it, it's a, it, 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 no, but I'm not saying it's not... I'm not saying it's not sport. I'm saying that it's it's not about... God, I'm diving into this now. This is what I said today. The winner is not... You're not measuring the winner by the person who's the fittest on the day. And, the, and I, I know all athletics events, the head comes into it. But I believe that a forty-hour race is—I mean, the what he was—the the best time is about eight miles, eight kilometers an hour. That's not far off walking pace, which says to me it becomes the person who the head is is the biggest part of it. It's, it's hugely <laughs> about the head, definitely about the head. I mean, for that's for me getting into this twenty-four hour race, I'll be all about the head. I think I'm going to try and focus my training on marathon-based stuff, and then just work and try and just cope mentally and, and to try and build on what I've done, but just start easing into some marathon training so it, I can kind of try and not think about it too much, you know? But anyway. Yeah. Because how do you do a night, you know, when you look at the, the for 24 hours, nine minute miles plus, uh, you know, that's, you can't do an interval session at nine minute miles, can you? You know, you've got to. You can't yeah. I, you're, you're, uh, you're speaking to someone who doesn't, who has no idea about what it like, what's <laughs> like for that long. Yeah. But I, I do think that if the world record was a running pace, and I know that you need to factor in breaks and all that, but I still, I I would love to see what happens if someone went out walking that, like a fast walk, a decent walk at that. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Who knows, eh? Who knows? I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to start studying 48-hour racing just to, that would be an experiment. Who want to just go out and run for 48 hours, crack on, and let's, let's see what everyone's thoughts are. And we'll, we'll take it from there. Eh? That might be a good a good wee experiment. And people, what, 
Anyway, well, that's um, why did we say? Why did we save D- Dave's ne- this question until next week? That's a, a teaser that. then for the listeners. It is. Well, we've got a minute left, so I think. Well, I mean, let's ten seconds. Run of, talk. Run of the week. Run of the week. Oh. I think it's got to be. I think it's. I'm torn between the young lass at Huntley, but I think it's probably going to be Owen Miller. Owen Miller, I'll, that, I'll I mean, I didn't see it live, but I've watched back the race and that yeah. finish. If you haven't watched it, find that find that race. It's on. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's on the Channel Four website. The last is, 150 yeah. is insane. Yeah, it's meant like the mate. He takes half a lap out the boy almost. Jeez, oh, oh, it's unbelievable. So yeah, I, yeah well done, Owen. Yeah. You are the a gold medalist yeah. and TRS run of the week. Yeah, definitely Both equally important. Exactly, I like it. Right, well, folks. Um, you know, 10 seconds, Tommy, what are you doing for the next week? What's your plans in 10 uh, seconds? I'm going to be running and starting to think about a bit of uh, Valencia prep. Brilliant. Well, I love it. Well, I ain't got much to say other than... You? I'll just keep training. I'll keep on right. running. Keep well, let's on next running. week, let's, let's hear about the 24-hour plan next week. Yeah, let's do that. Well, as always, folks, if you want to chat to us, Tartan Running Shirts, well, not chat to us, um, email us. Tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Our website's tartanrunningshorts.com. Have a look. Um, keep up to date with our socials at tartanrunningshorts. Also got a Twitter handle at tartanshorts. And if you do want to leave us a rating on any of your podcast platforms, that would be hugely appreciated because it gives us a lot more cred in the world of podcasting. So there's my little sales pitch. And talking about sales pitch, I've uh, Tommy and I have been hard on the phone to Ron Hill Specials the shorts will be with me midweek, which means delivery should be once they arrive. I'll be getting my we'll be getting our stamps out and licking lots of stamps. Okay, we'll get sticky ones, we won't lick them. And uh, yeah, or Kyle will take a COVID test before he licks them. <laughs> yeah. But just to labor, we've said this before. Thank you for your patience. And as you know, as Kyle said last week, they were due on Friday. Kyle spoke to them last week and they said, Okay, we will be with them on Friday or Monday. I spoke to them today and they said they will be with us. They'll be shipped tomorrow on Tuesday. So we are really pushing them. I've we've both got we've the problem we both have is they are pretty it's a pretty small outfit. They seem like lovely people. It's not a big it's the Ron Hill specials. It's not part of the it's about it's two people doing this job. They're really stripped back. So we're trying to be patient with them. We're trying to be a little bit we're trying to be pushy, but we don't want to we're we're not dicks, so we're 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 trying to get the best out of it without, you know, we understand their difficulties. So we are, but as Cal says, in literally in the next month, we expect them to be on your, on your persons. I, I must say as well, they're actually knitting. They they sew them. They've got. I don't know if it's maybe their granny or granddaughter that knitting there. They're knitting the yeah. shirts in the factory. It's not from China, folks. So I know this is uh, this, is, this is like you know. UK based, um, and that's that's probably the only compliment. Other than I'm sure they'll be smart as hell when you see them, folks. Yeah, yeah, you, you'll you'll be, be worth super, the wait. You'll be worth the wait. It'll be like gold dust these things. And when I can tell you, for I can tell you, tell you now, we won't be uh, purchasing any. Yeah, any, it's a limited edition. <laughs> we, there might be TRS T-shirts and buffs in the future, but the shorts are a one-off run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, well, on that note, folks, thanks for listening again, and uh, we will catch up with you next week. Bye.
time saunter When we train, when we train, when we train, train, train It can be savage, but never brutal Because we'll love the wind and rain You got Tommy, you got Kyle They bring news, they drink brews, they do interviews They like park run and cross country And that's a wrap.